everybody, and welcome to another episode of Getting Hammered. I am your host, Mary Catherine Ham. I am here as always with, well, as almost always, because you did take a little break. Sorry. With my uh, co-host, Vic Mattis. It's back to school week. We're all surviving. We got a lot on our plates today with the debate upcoming, an update on Trump indictments, as always, because you got to have one of those, and uh, Biden's trip to Maui. So we're going to get to that. But first, how's it going, Vic? Hello, Mary Catherine. It's great to be back. Thank you for holding the fort. You had a great show last week without me, but I'm doing fine. I got a my dental crown. <laughs> it's hard to explain this because... These are, actually, your dental work is much like an indictment. Uh, we have to do an update every, yes, exactly. every several weeks. It's a conspiracy. The I, I can't... What I, do, what I can't do now is to, when people ask me, how am I doing? I say, oh, great. I just got my implant. <laughs> because apparently that's too ambiguous. Yes, and that it could, could mean, mean things. Any number of things. Mm-hmm. So it is the crown. So it's the implant, the abutment, and now the crown. It's very weird because it feels like your normal tooth now. Look it, at you. It's just like it, it came from California. The bionic man over yes. here. So other than that, we had a lovely time. We were at the beach. A very quick last minute trip just to get that in before before school starts. You got to. You uh, got to. At a, a beautiful Cape May, as I like to call it, the real Cape. <laughs> because the other Cape May, I don't think you can get pork roll sandwiches. And it's the only time I'll allow myself there or the Caribbean where I will actually have ridiculous foodie con- cocktails. Nice. Yeah, Pina- water adjacent is the time to do that. I think it is. Yeah. Right? I would never do it anywhere else. Pina coladas, which is just a lot of, ca- it's a shake. It's, 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 you, you almost never taste the rum. I love a pina colada, but only in a tropical In a tropical location. environment. And they also, the place we stayed, their claim to fl- fame was the Orange Crush, which is they actually use, they have a squeezer right next to the, you know, at, at the bar, and it's freshly squeezed OJ with the vodka mm-hmm. on the rocks with a splash of club soda. And you can see the key is, a guy told me this at the bar, that the key to a good Orange Crush is you can see through it. It's not just, otherwise it's just, you're just having a screwdriver. Ah. That's it. And the guy, New Jersey is so deep red particularly southern Jersey, I should say, not all of New yeah, Jersey. Yeah, parts of New Jersey. Parts of New Jersey, the good parts. He had on a T-shirt at the bar, and it was conservative, meat-eating, unvaccinated. It's <laughs> he's just like weirded out there. I just mean, so you know. Just so you know. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, cool, man. You know, I mean, here, you'd get run out of the county. You would get run out. So I do have a question for you, though. Yeah. Have you ever gone parasailing? That's the one where you're you're attached to the back of the boat. Yes. Yes, I was I was about fourteen, I think. Okay. Is it worth it? Because my daughter keeps on saying she wants to do this. I'm like, no, no, no. But I'm like, I don't know. It looks kind of peaceful. I enjoyed it. Yeah. So I our, felt like it was a it felt sort of low risk, right? Yes. But you get a bird's eye view. It's yeah, nice. Yeah. I don't have any interest in skydiving, so that was it's a right. Happy and medium. you're not you're not sky. You're floating. You're yeah. just floating. So do you start off on the boat as it takes off, and then you just go into the air? If you can Honestly, remember, I do not remember. You're not like in the water, and you get dragged out. I don't think that that, that would happens. be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> just like a rag doll. I mean, that, I think that was what would happen to if me. If we get this boat going fast yes. enough, I'm sure she'll lift up. Yeah. No, that I, that, I imagine that that no, that would happen to me. So, so no, that, I, I, that would definitely happen to 14 year old me. I was quite a. <laughs> okay. Good to know. Yeah. And safe. All right. How are you? I'm good. So we also got in a trip to a red part of the country <laughs> right before school started. We went to Dollywood. Oh. <laughs> so we were in the Smokies. 
We were and at the heart of it, really. We were yes. out in real America. We went to the Smoky Mountains with a friend of mine, stayed out there. We had four the kids Smoky total Mountains. and my friend and I. So before we went to Dollywood, though, you can't spoil these kids, okay? So before we went to Dollywood, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Oh, by the way, Tennessee, Arkansas, Tennessee. Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. East Tennessee. So before that, we would decide to go on a hike because, of course, it's the... Yeah, it's a great Smoky Mountain National yes. Park. Let's get in there. The only national park I just found out that does not charge for entrance. The only? Mm-hmm. Wow. So there is no no charge forevermore because of the person who acquired and gave the land ah. made it so. Yeah. Anyway, and it, as a result, it's a highly visited park. So we went on a hike, and the children were fine with this for a little while. They're, they range in age from 6 to 10. And we're hiking up a mountain. My friend and I love to hike. And as we get on the trail, which of you, course you we got, didn't... what are you, are you full on hiker, like boots and all, or just no, I just sneakers, wear tennis shoes, but you know, decent ones yeah, with yeah, trash, yeah, yeah, traction. Sure. Yeah. There have been times when we were less prepared in our twenties when the two of us hiked in flip flops up the side of like Camelback in yeah. uh, or near, in Scotland in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> that didn't go great. I would not recommend that. However, now we at least wear proper shoe wear. And we took the kids onto this trail, which we didn't really plan, and we get to a sign and it says 2.6 miles up to Rainbow Falls. And we're like, okay, well, that's a, that's a hike. So that's let's, a big ask. let's not push the kids to do 2.6 miles up this mountain. We'll just do like a 40-minute hike, maybe 20 minutes in, 20 minutes out. That's a good plan. But neither of us really wants to do that because we want to accomplish this you, hike. Well. And then the children started complaining. And when the children started complaining, a wondrous thing happened, which can only happen when you're traveling with someone whose parenting style exactly matches yours. And that was that my friend and I wordlessly agreed somewhere around the 20 minute mark that because the children were complaining, we could not reward them by turning around. Uh, I thought you were going to say you get what right around. Nope. And what was a kid hike became a mom hike and it became a hardcore mom hike and we made those children go 2.6 miles up a mountain because we knew they could do it they're perfectly capable yes now did we have to listen to them whine sure until we you know went medieval on them and we're like do not whine anymore (laughs) And then it was much smoother after that. It was, it was a silent march. It actually wasn't silent. Once they got over the whining, there's uh-huh. a there's a certain point where they get over the okay. whining and then they realize they're in it. Yeah. And that if their attitudes are better, they will have a better time. And they got to that point. That's a good way to put it so, to them. So they got to that point and they were in better spirits. And then about, I would say, halfway up the mountain, maybe a little more, my friend... Angela and her son are in front of us about 20, 30 feet. And my daughter, I'm with three little girls. My daughter grabs me by the shirt and says, look at Angie. And Angie's sort of gesturing to me in a strange Uh way. And then I look, this all happened in a split second. Then I look to the left and see a bear emerging from the woods in between us on the trail. So, So it's probably... 15 to 20 feet on either side of the bear, maybe slightly less than that. And he cut the path right between us. So he, he emerges. Uh, are we talking about a black bear? A black bear, yes. Yeah. If it was if it a were a grizzly bear, I would have been uh, yes. more concerned. Okay. Black bears are generally not 
very aggressive. Generally. We did not surprise the bear, but I did see Angie's signal and I stopped and I told the kids to stop and the bear is sort of munching on whatever he's munching on coming out of the woods and they sort of waddles across the trail or sits down by the trail for a minute and I was like, is he gone? Because the trail was such that I couldn't really see around the bend. And nobody's, of course, shouting to listeners each other. Can't, listeners can't see me, but I'm completely <laughs> wrapped here with jaw open. No one's no one's sort of shouting anything to each other like, oh, the bear is here. We don't know bear status. I can't see it from my angle. By the way, my husband laughed at me because Angie and I both, when we were not in danger or anything, did snap a picture that gave sort of some perspective of where the bear was. And my husband, first of all, the bear looks really gigantic in the picture that Angie took. That's good. And behind the bear, I'm standing with the three kids. And he's like, nice job putting the kids in front of you. <laughs> Which, first of all, yes, snack bites go up front. I'm a full meal over here, okay? You know the old, you know the old joke, right? Appetizers you, about, first. You can't outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. No. Yeah. But my actual so. my actual logic was that I wanted to keep the children calm and I didn't want to be shuffling By around. By pushing them in the front. Well, no, I didn't want oh. to. They were in front of me when it happened. So I didn't want to be shuffling around and making large movements while we were trying to just hang. Yes. And, and let, I also wanted them let to. Let nature take its course, as it were. <laughs> I'd, I resolved that should the bear change course, I would obviously get in front of these children. Oh, that that so notion fa- was not so, tested. I would run so fast. <laughs> So he sat for a while and munched, and at one point, one of the kids attempted to walk a few feet forward, and I was like, we don't know where the bear is. Please stop. And then the bear wandered across the path and then over into the woods on the other side. You you just don't want to get him angry. You know, they're just. No, I don't want to throw him off. Enjoy your. You didn't bring, like, you don't have, like, the bells. No, I was like, enjoy your. Enjoy your vegetarian meal. I know yeah. you're an omnivore, but let's keep it to the you herbivore didn't, didn't at the any, moment. No hooting and hollering. <laughs> no, there okay. didn't seem to be a need for that. He wandered off, and then an experienced hiker came through. He was like, you know, he's got his poles and everything. He's an old guy who's been doing these trails forever. He walked through and scouted for everybody else that to make sure that he had sort of headed down oh. the mountain. And then we headed forward. And the, the great thing is the kids continued the hike were untraumatized, went all the way to the top of the mountain, saw the waterfall, were proud of themselves, and we came back down the mountain. And I would just like to say that I think Angie and I held it together pretty good because the children didn't seem to be concerned at all because their parents kept it sane. They will take their cues from you, from the parents. And if you panic, they're going to panic. That's absolutely true. We were fine. And then we got back and we were relaxing at the condo we were staying at, and I walked out to take a phone call onto the balcony, and lo and behold, a bear was hanging out in the parking lot. The same one, different one. Maybe he was after us. <laughs> he came down the mountain and after us, and I called the kids out. We were very, we were like yes. a story up, so he couldn't do anything to us there. But he was just wandering around the parking lot, and as they do in Gatlinburg, you have to be careful of these things. And he, he like went around my car, and then an, a couple was coming out of the condo to get in their car and he came around my car unbeknownst to them and it's like I don't want to yell at them hey bear right but they they turned they looked over their shoulders a very I should have videotaped it they looked over their shoulders and they like very swiftly jumped in the car <laughs> and then the bear went on his way up another set of stairs I don't know to maybe somebody's condo who he was visiting I don't know does he have a friend there 
Maybe looking for some. He has co- a timeshare. Maybe he's looking for some cocaine. <laughs> By the way, I did watch Cocaine Bear. You did on the plane on oh, the right. way back, back from... from Europe. Yes, and then went and had two bear encounters the next week. So was it a good movie? Funny? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. It was like. Two, if he told me here's a movie with Ray Liotta and Carrie Russell, oh man, it was it was too brutal and not funny enough. Oh, like the yeah. if it had been mm-hmm. really brutal and yeah. funnier, uh-huh, it would have been okay. okay. But it was kind of some of that in that awkward in between. There were a couple moments that yeah. were good, but uh-huh. all right, gore. okay. So that's what happened on my trip. Well, I'm glad you made it back, li- literally in one piece. We all accomplished something that day, including the bear who showed great restraint and not coming after any of us. And my advice is one pina colada is enough. That's that's my experience okay. for the trip. Okay. For the bear or just in general? Just okay. For me. All right, let's move on to the, All right, the, here we the go. good stuff. Can we talk about a debate update? Oh, yeah. Because the debate is happening today when you listen to this. So we This won't... is a rare moment where we're actually ahead of the news. <laughs> and we're going to be, when you listen to the next, uh, later this week's episode, will be after the debate. Yes. So it's perfect. Look at us. It's perfect. Thank you, everyone else in the world, for adjusting your schedules to our show. Appreciate it. Uh, so there are eight candidates who have mm-hmm. been announced for the first GOP debate. Trump is not among them. Mm-hmm. He is declining. He is doing some counter-programming with Tucker Carlson in an interview, which apparently has already been filmed. I don't know if it, I don't think it's going to be live. The eight include Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida, Mike Pence, former Governor Chris Christie of New Jersey, Governor Asa Hutchinson of Arkansas, and we have the South Carolina contingent, Senator Tim Scott and Nikki Haley, the Mm -hmm. former United Nations ambassador, ambassador and governor of South Carolina, and Vivek Ramaswamy. And Governor Doug Burgum of North Dakota. Interestingly, the New York Times concedes the candidates will give Republicans a diverse field attempting to take on President Biden. Six past or present governors, one black candidate, two candidates born to Indian immigrants, one woman and one former vice president. It's a nice little. It's not even buried in the story. It's like right it's up top. right up there. Usually that's the kind of thing that they don't they, they, they hate to. Uh, admit. Uh, a handful of others had sort of attempted to announce that they were eligible perry johnson oh, yeah. francis suarez the oh. mayor of miami and larry elder larry what about El- will hurd i don't i don't uh, think he was even on the bubble uh, larry elder yeah. said he's gonna sue over the process francis suarez said he was eligible but he's not polled at one percent in any of these polls this which is, is the one mayor thing that, of miami yeah one thing that's required is that i believe you have to hit three right. polls with one percent plus the forty thousand donors yeah he claimed that he had qualified i guess in an attempt to just sort of like alpha the rnc into letting him right. on stage right i mean he certainly made the rounds especially when he yeah. announced he was on fox a lot yeah but he is not eligible okay. i was concerned that like they were going to let him on just because he said so then you got and i was like let's yeah, have rules no. please we have rules for a reason so that's that's where we are i have a preview piece about how they need to talk about the economy stupid yes not to engage in cliches but that's what voters want to hear about, and that's what almost no one is talking about, except for, ironically, Biden, whose economic record is not good, and yet he's just leaning into that. Just so you can throw By the way, that the piece word... is, sorry, that piece is in Newsweek, so ah, check that out. Okay. You can just throw out the word Bidenomics now, yeah. you know, and, and so for better or for worse. For at the moment, it's worse. I think he's banking on another 12 months. Things are inevitably going to get better. Gas prices are not great. 
but he's going to talk about unemployment being so low. I guess he's not going to talk about uh, mortgages at the moment and no. uh, mortgage interest rates because those are pretty bad. It's now like I think seven percent or inflation, right? Or inflate. So, yeah, he'll say inflation is ticking down, and but it it's didn't never even tick down recently. Relative to it, it's yes. all relative to. So I, I do think that he's just hoping that voters have such short-term memories because we do. And when it comes to uh, a year from now, we'll be like, yeah, you know what? I guess I can't remember things were pretty bad on this whole COVID thing and, and, and inflation and the cost of groceries. But I feel okay now and it's not him or, or versus Trump. Well, I think, you know, the, I mean, I think look, that's I think that's what they're thinking. I about. think you're correct if we give Trump, if the GOP gives Trump the nomination, then it gives him a much oh. easier road. Yeah. And there was a recent poll out. I can't remember which outlet it is, but it was 60 plus who either definitely or probably will not vote for Trump in an election. Yeah, a that's a hard number that they're not that's going a, to at any point in time. They're not going to switch and be like, uh, I think I'm on the fence. Like the, the definitely number, I believe, was over 50. Yeah, that's a like, problem. It is. If it's, it's over 50, it's a problem. It's a problem. Yeah. And it's a problem. This is the part that and I I think Trump should be at the debate. I think he owes it to voters to be at the debate and he owes it to voters to answer the question, what are you going to do differently mm -hmm. to change this number? And mm -hmm. I don't think he really cares that much. Yeah. One, because I think winning the primary he can do, right? Mm -hmm. Perhaps without oh, having to modify to, it all. He could pull off at this point in time, he can pull off the right. Joe Biden strategy and just hang out in his basement. Right. For the for mm -hmm. the primary. Yeah. While doing that, he can raise a bunch of money for his own legal defense, right. which he needs. And some of his supporters sort of said the quiet part out loud this week, match slap among yeah, them, which yeah. was just Will like, you we, please? we need to consolidate so that we can then use all of the funds that people are sending mm -hmm. for Mr. Trump's defense and his allies' yeah. defense. And for and, all like, for whoa. all the people involved in these uh, the, the four indictments, that's exactly right. Yeah. Call me old-fashioned, but I like spending political donations on beating Democrats. Yeah. Like your, your actual opposition, maybe, whichever party you're in, mm -hmm. you should use that. And they're spending that. a lot, and, and they are, you know, it's not easy getting this money at this point in time for a lot of these candidates. It's a real scramble because there's, there are so many of them. It's a real twofer for Trump, though, because, number one, he can only go down at this point. His lead is so large compared with his yes. the next closest candidate being Ron DeSantis. Right. And DeSantis' numbers have only continued to go down at this point to the point where, as you know, Vivek Ramaswamy is surging. Relatively speaking, compared right. with Ron DeSantis. So usually candidates that are doing very exceedingly well, they only, you know, they can only lose or right. they can only Be accidentally say something stupid. Yes. They've hit that ceiling because as you mentioned this number, there's a large chunk of people, no matter what Trump says, they're probably not going to vote for him. Right. And that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, of course, his lawyers are probably going to be relieved because he's not going to be going on the public record <laughs> yes. saying something that's going to uh, contradict him and get him into legal trouble because it's happening already. Yeah. And and that's something that he cannot himself resist doing. No. So um, I can see why he's not going. I do I'm think saying. I do think it's an issue. And I think I've said this before, but running a campaign on inevitability yeah. is an inherently lazy way to campaign. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe that's. In the case of Trump, not the worst thing in the world because he's mouthing off less often, right. which actually is probably better for him, right? By the way, we've had like well, that's the we've thing. Had several elections now where the candidates are so detestable and self-destructive that it's 
counterproductive for them to be in front of the American people. Can we just... No, that's exactly like, right. Hillary Clinton just... Like, I'm not sure she would have done herself any good by going to the to Wisconsin. No. She might have done herself harm. Like, people would be reminded why they hate her. You yes. know, and it's the same yeah, thing with... Same, same thing, thing with, with all with, these guys. It's the same thing with Trump. Put the him reason, in the basement. A lot of they it, all uh, want to campaign for the basement. A lot of it is we forget because he's not on Twitter and he doesn't do the Facebook thing anymore. He's just on Truth Social. And... You know, the image softens. Yes. But if you go back to that first debate he had with Joe Biden in 2020, he was awful. That he, one was very intense. He couldn't stop interrupting. Yes. I mean, and it was not just at certain points. It was from the beginning of the show to the very end. Talk, talk, talk. And I don't know what the advice was about that. Just, you know, keep on talking because it did not work. No, it did not. To your point about the economy and Bidenomics, I think... One of the things that's happening, and I talked to someone who's sort of a casual news observer, but not very political at all about this. And she was saying to me, I don't understand why they're using all these metrics to say that the economy is fine. And sort of the media take is that the economy is fine and even really good because Mm -hmm. of these numbers. But I go to the grocery store for my family and it is insane how much we are paying. Mm -hmm. And it is, this is a real source of pain for people. Because of that source of pain, there's other economic facts like the insane amount that people are putting on credit cards right now. And that bill will come due at some point, right? So people, the things, the touch points that people have, the gas station pump, the grocery store, that they have to do on a regular basis, that is so out of step with the Biden and media message on the economy that I, there is a gap there that should be yeah. filled by Republican mes- messaging. This is a place where they need to be talking instead of only talking about Trump or in the case of Trump, only talking about yeah. 2020 and indictments. Right. It is amazing. And the Free Beacons, Drew Holden, has been very good about this and holding the media accountable. But with the latest numbers, the media will have these special segments about the economy is doing great. Why don't the American people understand that? Or what What do you have to do to explain? They'll have somebody from the administration yes. on. What do you have to do to explain to the American people that, in fact, things are great? You, How come they don't understand that we're living in great times? Everything is great. We're looking at you right now. Just take it from us. It's great. You naughty Americans and your icky perceptions. <laughs> yeah, no. And, 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 and the whole thing is, you know, why don't they understand that? And what can we do? Right. And in, and the second thing is, it's not just in the supermarket. It's just having been on our little vacation. Restaurants now have all these various oh, yeah. signs, but adding on, tacking on all these various service charges. And this not mean this doesn't even mean for tips. It just means just additional, just just throwing in additional two percent here or, or you know whatever. And it that all adds up because and it's just for whether they need to you know because supplies cost more, ingredients cost more. You know wages are high, yeah. have to be higher whatever it is, and you see them, they have it, they, you know, in front of these restaurants, these signs that we apologize for convenience charges yep. now, convenience charges. And th- and that's new, and, and it's, well, that adds up for a lot of people. Right, and it sometimes yeah. in some cases makes right. Right. vacations impossible. Right? How, how, how do you think, who has the most to lose here? Who has the most to gain? I mean, I think... Both, it's the pro- same person. <laughs> yeah, I think, look... I think Ron DeSantis is probably the one who can make or break this is it. a moment. I'm going to say right it. now. And then others, you know, look, I think Chris Christie is a forceful speaker and an entertaining speaker, which is a part 
of politics and is part of why Trump has been right. popular. He's very good. Christie's quick on his feet. He's good in a debate. He is a man who enjoys destroying people on a uh-huh. debate stage, and he will look for targets of opportunity. So I would just he advise, feeds off the hostility. Oh, I would just advise everyone not to get in the line of fire mm-hmm. for that one. But he's, in some ways, has just sort of willed himself into this, more contention than he's certainly right. than he was before. So, like, I think he'll be showing out. I think he'll be showing out. But I, I also hope that he'll be showing out trashing trump who's not there because in the run-up to this he's been calling him a coward and saying that he needs to say this to people's faces and he's right yeah he's correct he'll be like in many a movie where there's an action sequence and one guy rather than just take out the other guy will take himself along with it and they go tumbling into the flames you know it's like i'm taking you down with me yes i was i I was in the room for the rubio takedown that oh, was the debate. Yeah, that's right, of course. That was the debate that I co-moderated mm-hmm. when Christie kept going after Rubio and then Rubio resorted to his robotic response several yeah. times and I was like, what is happening here? Yeah. What is yeah. happening? Yeah. So, meltdown in front of your eyes. Right in front of my eyes. That's it. I think I was thinking about the mo- more most recently Squid Game where <laughs> the girl takes down the guy and they go through the glass. The glass th- platform that you was ridiculous. You know what? Ridiculous. Be on the lookout for that move. Yes. Okay. It was, it was the other thing I was going to say <laughs> With DeSantis, because he had that 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 debate strategy that leaked, and of course, I mean, their aim was that he was they're not going to go after Trump. I think the media wants all the candidates to to you know like condemn him, mm-hmm. and if not, you know, we're going to out you here. But I think a lot of voters, like you were saying, they want to hear about solutions yeah. to the economy, and that's going to go for that's going to apply to Chris Christie. Well, and I think and we know you hate Trump and that yes. he's terrible. What are you going to do for us? Well, I think, look, it's a tricky line that these guys are walking. But if you don't think you are better than Trump, then why are you running? If you're unwilling to make that argument, then you can't beat him. So you have to make the argument in the context of I would be better for the country because of these economic reasons, because of I respected freedom during COVID, because I have a record of this. Right. That's right. You got to get out there and say it, man. Yes. Now. Uh, did you see the video clip, the latest video clip from Vivek Ramaswamy, him playing tennis shirtless? No. But you know it's what? Just it's just show his you vigor. Know what? You know what? It's off trend, which he, he he isn't usually. He should have been shirtless playing pickleball. And we all know Oh, that's it. a very good point. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Off trend. Vivek. He was just wailing that ball and I'm just, okay, well, anyway. Look, Vivek, right. still winning the attention economy, that guy. Okay. You know who won't be talking about the economy? is Trump. He's got a busy schedule this week. He's going to be down in Georgia surrendering. Former President Donald Trump said Monday night that he would turn himself in on Thursday in Fulton County, Georgia, after being indicted on sprawling charges stemming from his efforts to hold onto office in the wake of the 2020 election. Can you believe it? I'll be going to Atlanta, Georgia on Thursday to be arrested by a radical left district attorney, Fannie Willis, Trump wrote on his social media platform, Truth Social, Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis, who launched the investigation into Trump and his allies, has given the defendants until noon Friday to voluntarily surrender. Is this going to involve mugshots this time, they think? They, it's state, it's not federal. They, or they say you know, it will. But people have been demanding that, you know, equal equal justice under law. I guess, but Except like, for do you need a President of the United picture States. of Donald Trump just in case you lose him? It'll be everywhere. 
They're waiting for that moment because they want to. You know, everyone's going to yeah. have that photo. He's like a. I mean, he's like a blaze orange traffic cone. Like you're, yeah. you'll see him. Yeah, and fingerprinting. So we don't know about that. I have a lot of questions still about this fourth indictment. Namely, there is a conspiracy, but what is the conspiracy? Is it is it that is the conspiracy to keep him in office by any means necessary, and somehow that's in the Georgia law. That's a violation. This is a state. This is a state issue right now. This is not yeah. a federal prosecution. This is a state. And also the criminal enterprise, which keeps on popping up throughout the indictment, that this is a criminal enterprise. And what is the enterprise again? It's, it's, well, and they this is what in power. Andy McCarthy was writing about this and saying that it's a reach with the RICO, as a lot of RICO oh, charges yeah. are reaches. Because, yeah. But in this case in particular. Sweeping. No, broad. No, yeah. Nothing is identified that is a a static criminal enterprise that these people are right. interacting with. Right. It was a temporary, if it was a conspiracy, it was a temporary conspiracy between these people who were part of legitimate organizations, right. not organizations that were dedicated to crime. So, And the other thing is this, this whole thing. Every with, time I'm asked to talk about indictments, I have to separate them in my head. And I know it's very confusing. It. It's very confusing. The, the, the other thing is, um, Although it's better than me too, when I had to separate all the you know what's in my head. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, Look, it was hard to keep them separate, everybody. I, they, 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 <laughs> I was just gonna say, Mary Catherine, uh, that one of the things uh, that he is you know accused of is you know trying to uh, you know coax legislators into uh, violating their oaths, right? Right. But in a number of these occasions, they're not legislators he's meeting with. They're like Republican operatives. They're just commiserating. So I don't understand how this yeah. is. It's not a charge. And 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 the idea that you're going to try, this is probably because I spent too much time in red, deep red New Jersey that I'm talking about this. But uh, <laughs> You were hanging out with the guy I, with the T-shirt, the, the, With you? the T-shirt. And I told him, I said, you want good news, check out freebeacon.com. <laughs> but the, you know, you could indict 19 people at the same time it, 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 and have it done within the next, you know, in six months. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah. And the only thing I can think of is the word that comes to mind is spectacle. And why is it a spectacle? Is because Fonnie Willis is, she's a political, she's up for re-election. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, that, some of that is true of all of these, right? right. I yeah. think, and the issue again for the guys running against him is that these things can be unfair to Trump, yeah, and that can be true, and also Trump can be unfit, yeah, Both. to get the nomination to be president, yeah. which is a which is a thing you should be mm -hmm. arguing. It's hard to it's hard again, to argue both. And, though, and again, to candidate. go back really briefly to the the you know the upcoming debate. That's the problem for a lot of these candidates if they feel like they have to defend Trump and say that he's being treated unfairly. But by the way, don't vote for him. Vote right. For me. I, <laughs> because where do you find well, because yourself? a lot of voters know. who are concerned about him and oh, maybe soft supporters yeah. are galvanized by the fact that he keeps being indicted. And the oh, reason, you know, I know pe up. people puzzle about this and they're like, but how? But how? This, all these are bad. And how can they rally? Well, again, the original sin is the Russiagate lie. Yeah which was an attempt to delegitimize his entire presidency based on oppo research from actual Russian disinformation funded by yeah. the Hillary Clinton campaign that yeah. was just laundered through the intelligence agencies and the media nonstop for several years. Okay, right. so right. That's, a, that's a giant lie that made people lose trust in all of right. these entities. Which led to the first impeachment. Yes. And folks like Adam Schiff, and 
members of the media never apologize for that. But I still think you can look at the situation and be like, my dude, we cannot win with you talking about 2020 no, and your forever. criminal charges right. for the entirety right. of 2024, which is exactly what we will there's, have. There, well, there's clearly a solid contingent. It is not over 50%. That's the problem. Yeah. Nah. Here we go. Are you ready to rumble? Okay. So enjoy that, everybody. We will update you on yes. the flip side. Shall we go to Maui? Speaking of losing trust, y'all. Maui. Yes. It is. This is a very sad story. It's, and a, it's yeah. It's going to get. It's sadder, shocking. sadder and sadder because we're two weeks out now from wildfires that devastated the west side mm-hmm. of the island of Maui, one town in particular with thirteen thousand residents. Death toll is about 115 right now. That's the official death toll. There are over 1,000 people unaccounted for. That's right. And they're not going to find these people. And that is... They can't get... No, there's not... They're not going to be able to get fingerprints. No, this is... Anything like that. Like, this is not a search and rescue operation. And the toll is going to be unfathomable. It's also, you know, obviously property is less important, but it's like... some six billion mm-hmm. in property, three thousand houses and businesses. That is complicated by the fact that this was an area populated by a lot of native Hawaiians who didn't yeah. have maybe traditional insurance. Oh. And it's on the island of Maui. So that land is extremely valuable. Yeah. Which means in the chaos, they're very worried about people swooping in and taking this land yeah. while things are sort of up in the air when people's homes that they've all their worldly possessions are gone. It's very bad. Pretty much every failsafe, every basic function of government did not happen here. Mm-hmm. The evacua- evacuation sirens did not go off. Nope. It turns out that the guy who's in charge of the evacuation sirens, who is the emergency management director for Maui, had no emergency response. Yeah. He has uh, since left, by the way. Yes. Well, he for left quote, for unquote, quote, health reasons. Health reasons, yeah. Which is a nice way to take responsibility without taking yeah. responsibility. So he says he didn't set off the sirens because they're usually for tsunamis Mm -hmm. and a tsunami warning would head people into the mountains as opposed to down to the sea. And he, but the problem is when asked about this, look, I'm willing to listen to that. Mm -hmm. One, he doesn't have experience. His experience was being chief of staff to the mayor. (laughs) So that's not great. There were 40 other candidates apparently interviewed for this position in 2017 and they didn't get it. He did. But when asked, do you regret not sounding the sirens? Instead of saying, look, my concern was this, he said, I do not. It was the no regrets tattoo meme of responses to maybe a thousand people. No, what what could very well go down is, you know, the greatest, you know, fire catastrophe in American history. Yes. Meanwhile, you've got the guy in charge of water on the island who... Look, there's a there's a video that people are playing where he is talking about equity. Yes, which is not from now, but it was. Yes, from, it's from uh, a while from back. before. Let me tell but you what. Still, the issue with him is that an organization of, of landholders asked for water in the process that they're required right. to to get to firefighters to quell the fires mm-hmm. early on August eighth on the day that this happened, right. and this guy said. No, we have to delay and ask permission from a farmer that's downstream from this before we do that. And it was a five-hour delay, which in that situation was an extreme problem. 
Well, here, I'll play a little bit of him. This is, he has been reassigned within the government. This is M. Kaleo Manuel. And so I think where it shifted to today or over time is that we've become used to looking at water as like something which we use and not necessarily something that we revere as that thing that gives us life, right? I mean, to me, it's a shift in value set. Um, And, you know, if we can start to really look at how we as humans in an island um, can reconnect to that traditional value set. So really my motto is always like, let water connect us and not divide us. Like we, we can share it, but it requires true conversations about equity. Part of his animating philosophy was that something about water is not really something we use. And it's like, well, in this case, it really needed kind of to be that. Is yeah. As my, my friend Emily Zanotti put it darkly, equity really works better when people are not dead. Yeah. That's like... Yeah, that's it. Now, I no, don't it's, know... It's like some people would feel that way. Oh, you know, pat myself on the back. Yes. At least we were equitable. Well, and now I don't know that this philosophy is what caused this delay, right? We right. don't know that. But I do know that if you're, if you're focusing on this kind of thing, you may be dropping some balls well, on your actual that's duties... Right to do real things. And in fact, the Wall Street Journal had a very long piece just the other day about Hawaiian Electric and how its priorities over the last year or two have been on renewable energy. And that there was all this concern that they weren't doing enough to, for example, trim back and cut back on all the excess vegetation, you know, and, and things that were, it was getting overgrown within the vicinity of these wires that all it could take is one thing and you've got yourself this conflagration. And they said, well, we were looking into it already, but they were not doing enough. Right. And they were not devoting enough resources for this. Well, and then you've That's got- That's not good. Then you've got, right, the, the powers that be at the power company yeah. who did not have a system for shutting off right. the flow to these wires should things get out of control or if there are high winds. Right. And then you have the county mayor. And I just, this one really gets me. He's asked how many children are missing. Again, we're, oh, yes. we're more than a weekend. Mm-hmm. And just, I'm going to play it. I don't know if it'll come across exactly how it does in the video, sure. but I, I'll explain it to you. I don't know. I wish yes, I you actually. do. How many children are missing? You I know. I knew the answer to that. I would be happy to answer that. You have no estimate as to how so. many children are missing? I guess Nothing? we can end this right now. So he shrugs wearily yeah. when asked how many children are missing. He he does not communicate any devastation about the fact that this mm-hmm. is a thing that we should have an estimate of. He doesn't evince any urgency to get an estimate of this. He just says they don't know. And then when he's asked several times about this, this is- fairly important issue, yeah. he says, we can just end this right now. Because his annoyance is that he's being asked as a public official right. about this number. Yeah. Every level of this is so is such a slap in the face to taxpayers who pay for just basic protection right. or even just like the the dignity of I, someone saying, oh, man, we messed this but up. I feel like outside of us and all the usual outlets, including the Journal and Fox News, there's not a lot of emphasis placed on the human error side of this terrible fire and that it is, in fact, Although I do believe I could be wrong, it was the Associated Press, perhaps, if that 
did a piece saying that, you know, this really isn't about climate change. And it upset a lot of people. They got bullied into changing it a little bit. It it, it was either them or some other mainstream outlet. And people got upset about, like, how can you say that? Because, it, you know, for them, it must be. It must be. And it can't certainly be their fault. Well, and here... Here's the thing about climate change. Climate change is the the perfect excuse, oh. the get out of accountability mm-hmm. free yeah. card, because it's the planet that did it. Yeah. And if planet. it's not the planet solely, it's your dastardly opponents oh, yeah. on the other side who refuse who let to, the planet do this. Yeah, because they refuse to vote for. And by the way, the Inflation Reduction Act. By the way, the governor of Hawaii, Josh Green, mm-hmm. pivoted in his CBS Face the Nation interview to climate change within like two minutes of discussing this. I'll play a little bit of that for you guys. For perspective, we've had six fire emergencies this August. We had six fire emergencies between 1953 and 2003. That's how how fast things are changing. I know that there is debate out there whether we should be talking about climate change or not. Yeah. Well, let's be real world. Climate change is here. We are in the midst of it with a hotter planet and fiercer storms. And you asked the question, I'm coming back to it right now. Do I wish those sirens went off? Of course I do. And I think that the answer that the the emergency administrator from Maui who's resigned said was, of course, utterly unsatisfactory uh, to the world. Uh, But it is the case that that we've historically not used Mm -hmm. those kind of warnings or fires. Yeah, it's con- it's, but it's it, a convenient. It also seems uh, to me that if you are really attuned to climate change, mm-hmm. perhaps the sparsely attended hearings on wildfire prevention from 2018 oh yeah. that members of the Hawaiian delegation were holding, uh, you should have been paying attention yeah. to because you should be attuned to that again, issue, it's not correct? My, again, it's not my job. It's really somebody, uh, Trump. It's it was all Trump's fault. someone, yeah. everything is someone uh, else's job. How about... The president of the United States. Well, you know, Vic, he's a man of empathy, as you know. Yeah. Which is why, and we mentioned that's this. What he, that's his trademark. We mentioned this last week. I mean, he, this is, have we found a moment when he has offered empathy during this entire no. tenure? I don't think we have. Uh, in this case, he said no comment as he was headed to Delaware mm-hmm. for part of a vacation. Right. And then he was asked again, I think, on his way to Tahoe for another part of a vacation. No comment because I haven't been told what to say. Yeah. So and the and the press just lays down for this. They really do. They're like, oh, wheels up to Tahoe Mm -hmm. with the with the POTUS. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember the media coverage of President George W. Bush flying Mm -hmm. over the Katrina site and damage? Hurricane Katrina. Because he he couldn't get away with anything there. Every little thing was scrutinized. It was negatively insane. Yeah. And this guy's just gallivanting from mm-hmm. literally from vacation to vacation right. without having a word right. to say. He he had to interrupt his vacation in Lake Tahoe, which he had been really looking forward to because before that he was at his vacation home in Rehoboth yeah. Beach yeah, this in is Delaware. What, you know, you got to do a, an Eastern vacation and a Western vacation. I make jokes all the time about, oh, I need a vacation for the vacation. He's literally doing it. And then, of course, there was the speech he gave, right? Well, so and they they finally put out this what what reads like the first statement on August twentieth, twenty twenty three. Now, Corinne Jean Pierre had referenced it before and sure. butchered both of the Hawaiian senators' names in the process. Then he comes to Maui for a day mm-hmm. and, and wanders he- around his podium as he does, and is guided by 
Senator Schatz, also known as Schartz by Corrine Jean-Pierre. And he tells the story while he's there of the house fire that he endured in 2004. He says that he can empathize, you know, President Empathy, because one time he almost lost his fire, I mean, his house and his car in a fire. I don't want to compare difficulties, but we have a little sense, Jill and I, what it's like to lose a home. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake that's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond, and hit a wire and came up underneath our home into the heating ducts, the air conditioning duct. To make a long story short, I almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, (laughs) and my cat. And the cat. He almost lost the cat. Contemporaneous reports of this fire indicate that it was extremely minor and was under control within 20 minutes and confined to the kitchen. And that the firefighters did not have to battle through the flames the way he described it. We know that. We all know that. But boy, does he get a pass. Do not tell people Mm -hmm. who have lost their loved ones and all their worldly possessions that you can relate because you burned an ego in your toaster one time, Mr. President. Right. This is like uh, it's so bad. My my friend up in Boston would tell me Steve Eustaris would tell me about uh, somebody he knows after the horrific Boston Marathon bombing, and she had put it out there I think on Facebook saying, "I'm so you know shocked and horrified by this terrible act, and I I'm I'm shaking in in in, in terror and also in fear because that could have been me, and you know I mean I could have been right there when it happened." I wasn't there this year. I was in some other, you know, I was, I was far away, but I know what it's like. I think it is natural to want to connect to things that people are going through. And it's honestly, it's a thing that we have to be careful about and that I have to be careful about because I want to tack onto somebody's thought and be like, Oh, Oh, Hey, I know. I went through something similar. This is very obviously not that let's be the president and let's try the empathy thing and not do this. He also, of course, talked again about losing members of his family. It's not the time. It's not the time for this. And then all of this is complicated, by the way. FEMA, of course, is being criticized for being slow to act. Look, Hawaii is a logistical nightmare to get stuff to. I think if the president had been more swift in his comments about it, FEMA would get a little bit more understanding on the ground. They are not getting understanding on the ground. Again, partly because the native Hawaiian population of this particular area has been ill-served by every level of government and is also suspicious after many generations of reasons to be suspicious. And now you've given them plenty of reason not to trust you. Why why would they trust you with your your $700 payments to them? Yes, $700 payments. Right now, the Maui community is helping the Maui community. And I'm I'm really, it's really affected me because Where's the president? He decides to come here this week to come here next week. I mean, like, where, where, aren't we Americans too? Who is at fault? Who dropped the ball? What is the president? When did the, what did the president know about the fire, right? 
when did he what did you know when did he know it because i feel like the coverage of this was you know very slow at first yeah and, and, and it reminds me in, in in a weird way of east palestine yes and that's why i'm spending There's time on it because when i realized how badly people were failed by the, by the way you can follow at will kane on sure. twitter yeah. he is he's from there and or owns property mm-hmm. out there and has been yeah. reporting on amazing stories yeah. from this tragedy and con- and vows to continue telling those right. stories because he doesn't want this forgotten but when i realized what the death toll might be i was like why are we talking about anything else why is it yeah <laughs> why is the why meat- isn't this no and in fact just before i got here for the taping of the show i noticed you know Fox had been doing some coverage about Hawaii, obviously, because Biden's there and they were playing that horrendous speech. But on CNN, it was all about Trump. Yeah. And it, well, and because, of, because the of the debate, people will tend yeah. to move on because mm-hmm. everybody's going back to mm-hmm. school, because these things yeah. move on quickly. We're now two weeks in. And I just think that people should know that mm-hmm. I think the the news we get such that it is, is going to be tragic. Yeah. And there's going to need to be a lot of help here. And We're, yeah, like like you said, you know, could be a thousand, I, a lot of children because school was canceled. Yes. Because the power had gone out and, and they were home, but parents were working. I'm going to play one more clip yeah. of, this is a Lahaina resident who's talking about her concern about the government's response. Because we're going to find out anyways. That's the thing. We're going to find out. Like you can't. We don't live in an age where you can hide stuff like that anymore. It's only worse for the government if they're not telling us the truth because then we're not going to believe it. We're not going to trust them. I already don't trust them. I don't. I'm from born and raised here and I know the stories. If they want the people to be behind them, then be for the people. Tell us the truth. Tell people the truth. It's not going to be buried for long. Tell the truth, she says. This is the thing they're not, if no one is accountable for the things that they fail at. Nobody's accountable. Of course you nobody. Think about, we're reaching the two-year anniversary, I think, of Afghanistan and that pullout. All those people are still in power. Mark Milley, Anthony Blinken. It's true. They all they all get promotions. Yeah. Randy yeah. Randy Weingarten. Sucked Let's give her Austin. some more money. <sighs> okay. We should probably end with something more uplifting than this, shouldn't we? COVID? <laughs> you wanted to talk about the return of masks. No, we're not. No, we're going to talk about it. We're not doing COVID today. It's It's too heavy for everybody. That's what I told the guy at the bar. It came in. I said, hey, it's probably been at least two months since your last booster. He started laughing. It's too heavy. We're not doing COVID right now. Okay. Did you want to do- We're going to do apps. Okay. 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 So, want me to- You got it. Okay. This is in the Wall Street Journal this morning's uh, edition, and it's the A-head light-hearted column, and it had to do with this new trend, but they say it's new of people going to restaurants, actual sit-down restaurants, and ordering for your quote-unquote main course salad and fries. That's it. <laughs> I'm just going to have a salad and fries, a Caesar salad and a fries. And supposedly there are some places where they'll serve the fries on top of the salad. Don't get me started. The so, fries on top of the salad. I don't know what's going on over there. I think you need to keep it at the very least separate. The, their whole point, I think, is that either... Portions have become too big, like they, they cite the Cheesecake Factory. Fair. Or it's just becoming more expensive. And they want to be kind of healthy at the same time. So people are actually going to a menu. Now, I know my daughter does this, but she's a kid. 
and ask for a side dish as your main dish. But then, you know, my, my daughter will do it if it's a side of macaroni, mac and cheese rather. But, but you know, they're talking about people with like, I don't know, a side of Brussels sprouts and, or escarole and that's your dish. And, you know, the managers say, yeah, okay, great. But at the end of the day, they, they don't even finish that because it's, it's a bit much. What, or appetizers. Right. I have the appetizer as my main course. What do you think, Mary Kath? So I'm fine with this. And you've done this. I do this a lot. What, what, appetizers or main course uh, or sides? Appetizer. I don't okay. generally, like, if I'm going to do this, I will mm. pair several small dishes. Right. Because I think some of the best options are appetizers. Appetizers. Like, I've seen that. Look, I, sometimes I want a beef carpaccio and a beet oh, salad. I had one. I, I had want, one. That's what I want. On Thursday. It or was some, unbelievable. Some lobster bisque. As, like, a, as a main course? Yeah. Just like put them all together and bring them to me. What's wrong with that? At the same time. And that's your thing. Yeah, or, you, or you in have, pieces, you, you I'm fine. basically have turned the restaurant into a tapas place. That's correct. Okay. Except I'm not sharing my tapas because I hate no, that. No, no, just a little small plates, but <laughs> just for me. You could have just gotten a big entree. Now, I feel like I am just so compelled to say, well, I have to get something from the main entree section now. No, you're a very big. You're a very thorough I order. Think I you're am. like you're like I need an appetizer. Uh, the, what, I need well, this. Say, I need... Yeah, I, I, in my if I'm going out, okay, obviously most of the time my appetite's very large. But when I go out, the first thing I th- I work my way backwards. What is the main course that jumps out at me? Great. That's what I want. Now, what's going to pair with that? Well, if I'm having you know seafood, I'm not going to have seafood as an appetizer. If I'm having steak, I'm not going to have a steak appetizer and try to m- match it according to the main. That's how I think about it. And I also look at the uh, menus beforehand See, on my phone. Of course you do. Yeah. So often, a main dish does not jump out at me. Mm-hmm. And so if one doesn't jump out at me, I do not feel obligated to order one. Uh, yes, I I understand. Like, for example, sometimes you'll see main dishes and it's like penne pasta. I'm like, I can make that at home. I don't yes. need that. Yes. I I do think the, the, the salad and fries pairing is funny. And I think actually, according, according to my glucose research, probably oh. pretty good for you as long as you eat the salad first and then go, oh, right. go to the fries. Oh, right. Of course. But I, I love, keep on forgetting. I love this line. It's talking about the health, the health yes, no, benefits. Of, although indulgence is typically regarded as bad for physical health, Gen Z sees it as helpful for mental health. So there, Gen Z is giving itself the salad yeah. and then treating itself with the, French the fries. fries. And I do not object to this. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with this. Yeah, yeah. For, for my mental health, I'm getting Popeyes. I'm getting. Tonight. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> hey, sometimes you got to do yeah. what you got to do. Yeah. Do you know the other <laughs> night? The other show night, up or you don't show up at all. Man. Exactly. That's what do I you say. know the other night? When I was yeah. on my way out of Pigeon Forge, it was our last night. Yeah. It was post Dollywood. We were getting fast food because uh-huh. the kids were worn out. Mm-hmm. We were worn out. Yeah, we hadn't had yourself. a lot to to eat there. So we went to Arby's, which by the oh, way- Oh, I love Arby's. Oh, I love Arby's. It has the meats. So <laughs> they have an, first of all, they have an orange cream shake, which I need to go back and get because it sounds very Orange Julius-y. Yes. And I need to yeah, try okay, that. Okay, sure. But we got, whatever, the standard stuff- kids meals and two meals for my friend and me it came out to like over 50 bucks because that's how much fast food costs now wow yeah and we went we had to drive back to the to we went to a park to eat but it was like a 15 minute drive and when we got there maybe this speaks to the quality of the fries i don't know maybe they're good and greasy like a like a cartoon my friend picked up the giant bag of arby's and the bottom fell right out of it the grease and yes. melted through like 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 alien blood, and then we were so okay. devastated yeah. because we had 
been hungry for many hours and yeah. dragging children through Dollywood and like keeping their the spirits grease. up. And uh, yeah, so half our half our meal ate it on the on the pavement, and then we <laughs> and then we had to clean it up. I got I got two words for you: rock bottom. I know. Like, and then we now, had well, then they, we had to clean it up. Curly, were these regular fries or curly they fries? They were curly fries. Good, good, good. Oh, that's awful though. Yes, no, that's terrible. My sweet daughter rescued one for me that was really curly, and she said this one didn't hit the ground, and she gave it to me. She sure, know, it didn't. She knows what makes her mom tick. But yes, we we survived, and we cleaned up the mess. So the bears didn't come and eat the fries. They could have. <laughs> You could have helped the black bears out. That would be nice. Okay. Woo, I'm Woo. starving. Okay. And I need more than fries and a salad. That wraps up this episode of Getting Hammered. Remember, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And you could follow me on Twitter at Victorino Mattis. I'm at MK Hammer on Twitter at MK Hammer Time on Instagram. You can find me in Newsweek writing or Outkick this week. And I think an Outkick primetime special on Fox in the new Ooh. in the near future. So check me out any of those places. Order me an app and I'll see you there with some fries. This has been a Nebulous Media Podcast.